You are listening to the Content Academy podcast where we teach online businesses how to create raving fans with their content. So let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome along to the Content Academy podcast. I am Paul Caffrey, joined by Phil McGrath as ever. Hey Phil, how's it going? Not too bad, my friend. Not too bad. How are we? Oh, I'm very, very good indeed. I'm delighted to um, you know, be preparing to introduce Andrea Stenberg to the stage. Um, she is a lifestyle entrepreneur from babyboomerentrepreneur.com. You can also find her at andreastenberg.com. Um, and really a great conversation. She is a, an expert in LinkedIn, Facebook, has been around, for, I suppose, since the beginning of social media and has grown with that. And over the podcast, we talk about the importance of lead magnets, the way you can run them, how to stay on track and stay true to your business plan, and then ultimately how to actually, you know, create better blogs and how to blog a little bit quicker, which is nice. It's kind of back to grassroots because at the end of the day, most of us, when we've got an online presence, we will do blogging to some extent. So there's some nice tips within that. So really looking forward to this show. Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting. And we'll hear from, from Andrew as we go along that her, her productivity uh, boost, I suppose, as it were, uh, is actually as a result of a freak accident. So uh, it's interesting to see how when we are limited in what we can do, we find uh, innovative solutions, I suppose, to get around that and keep trucking forward. Yeah, absolutely. Let's get started. Andre, how are you? How's it going? How's it going? I'm fine, thanks. I'm uh, looking forward to the interview. It'll be fun. Absolutely, yeah. I'm really looking forward to ourselves. Obviously, we've been talking a couple of weeks trying to set this up, so I'm glad we've been able to to get it in the diary and get it sorted. So, um, what I suppose our audience is all about is is great content online and promoting yourself and you know getting out there and, and actually doing business and making things happen. Um, obviously, you've you know you'll be a, an expert on LinkedIn. Facebook marketing, um, you've done a lot of you know, thousands of followers across the likes of, of Twitter and Facebook and some of the other platforms that, that you're on. Um, Andre, and one of the things I've noticed on your website is a really uh, a prominent uh, lead magnet, which is four ways to quickly get more clients from social media. Um, for yourself, I mean, how important do you, do you think lead magnets are for people trying to you know, be successful in the world of online business? Uh, a lead magnet is absolutely essential, and I have to confess that it's something that I didn't make a priority early enough in my business. I've got a massive following across you know, various uh, social networks, but it's taken me a while to kind of realize, oh yes, I need to have that email list too. So having the lead magnet is just essential because it's it's when people kind of have raised their hand and said, yes, I want to hear more from you. And then that's the opportunity when you can start really deepening the relationship and start uh, turning some of these followers into customers. And, uh, yeah, and yeah, having, having the, the lead magnet, having the right lead magnet, I've gone through many over the years and uh, the one that I've got now seems to be resonating with people. But uh, it's something, if I could go back 10 years ago and whisper in my ear, that would be one thing I would say is start the list now. Oh, yeah, I I couldn't agree more with you. It is is important and it is something we see a lot of people kind of skip past and and don't pay attention to at the start. Um, I suppose speaking of which, how did you actually get started? How did did it all, um, I suppose, begin for Andreas Stenberg? Well, when I, and it's actually just over 10 years ago now that I, I started my business, and I was working for a nonprofit company locally, and they'd, they'd uh, gotten a, grant, a government grant to hire me, and the grant was running out, and 
I basically said to them, look, after this year, you're not going to be able to afford to keep me anymore. And it took them about six months to believe me. But in the meantime, I started thinking, well, what am I going to do? And I was, you know, kind of thinking about jobs. But I'd always had in the back of my mind that I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And I just said, you know what? If I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? I'm just going to keep getting older. And, and, you know, there's always going to be reasons not to do it. So let's just do it now. And, of course, 10 years ago, we didn't have Pinterest and Facebook and and LinkedIn. So I was doing traditional marketing. Uh, I was doing copywriting and, um, you know, advertising for for clients and I I wasn't doing a lot of the online things and then a couple years in I uh, got the idea that I wanted to write a book uh, because I kept as I was marketing and promoting myself I kept meeting entrepreneurs who were like me starting a business kind of later in life but a lot of them were terrified of marketing. Like they just hated it and they didn't want to do it. And so a lot of them were struggling. And I thought, I love marketing. This is my business. I'll write a book. But I, you know, that's kind of a long-term commitment. And then I heard about <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. blogging. And I thought, oh, blogging is perfect. It's kind of like instant gratification because you can do one blog post. And then at some point down the road I could take all my blog posts together and edit them into a book so that so I started blogging and it was primarily you know as a way to sort of a stepping stone to getting the book but as I was blogging I started getting more traffic I started getting uh, you know the blog then led to people following me on social media you know like I would go to the blog they'd be on Facebook they'd be on Twitter then they'd get on you know they'd get on my email list but then I started noticing that when I wrote posts about social media, those got the most attention. And that's also, I was discovering that when it, out of all the marketing that I was doing, the social media was stuff that I was really loving. Uh, and then I also kept getting invited right. to, to do workshops and teach about social media, but I kept going, no, I'm a copywriter. Andrea is a copywriter. I must not do these things. And then one day I pulled out my original business plan and I looked at my mission statement which was to use my writing and speaking skills to inspire, motivate, and teach people. And like I slapped myself on the top, um, on the forehead and went, wait a sec, I had this right from day one that this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And it doesn't matter whether it's copywriting or social media. It's about helping these people. Uh, so I, that- I, I've just heard a buzzword there that I know, Paul, your eyes have just lit up, haven't they? absolutely you've said the word business plan and paul is all about the business plan and that's something that we've spoke about time and time again and we've spoke to people about across various kind of internet businesses and also offline businesses is that and more so in the internet business is that people feel because everything can be set up so quickly that they overlook some key aspects of any business that any business should have and one of them paul's a big believer in this is to have a business plan put in place and i think the fact that yeah. you, you you've kind of even referenced that you were able to go back to that somewhere down the line and it kind of put you back on track to where you should have been from the start you know if if the business plan was stuck to the wall and you see it every day you're not going to stray too far off that and i think that's a big thing that people need to realize as well is that just because you can set up everything so quickly and get off off the mark and up and running and get that instant gratification that you were talking about andrew is that the preparation still needs to be there and it still needs to be treated like a business absolutely and you know my business has changed dramatically from when i started but i still had that foundation 
to go back to. And, and a lot of people, even when they do business plans, I think they think like the mission statement or a vision statement is kind of airy fairy and kind of, and I actually remember at the time thinking, yeah. Oh, do I really have to do this? But that has been sort of the core of, you know, when I'm, after I made that discovery of my original mission statement, I've always used this as sort of the core of when I'm making decisions, should I go a or B in my business, I go back to that mission statement and say, does that reflect that? Does that make sense for what yeah, I said absolutely. I wanted to achieve? And yeah, the, the business plan and then, you know, an annual marketing plan is, is absolutely vital. And anytime that I've gotten sort of off track in my business, it's because I've kind of forgotten to go back to that plan and, the, and do redo the marketing plan and revisit and check how I'm doing. So yeah, that's yeah. absolutely essential. It's massive. And I think, I mean, just to add to that, a lot of people would think business plan, traditional business, and you know, the first step in a business plan, you're really just trying to get credit, get money somewhere to get started. So immediately you're into debt. So obviously with the, I suppose, the low, low barriers to entry to online business, people kind of do ignore it. And I think the, the point you make there is so valid. You know, be honest to your mission statement, and that will that will keep you, you know, keep you true to what you're looking to achieve. Because it is so easy to just get bogged down with, you know, what's right in front of you, and just to, to go off on tangents. And I suppose another element which a lot of people also overlook is, you know, are you meeting, you know, you know your weekly, your monthly, you know, your quarterly, or even annual targets as such as to what you're aiming to achieve as a business. Um, so yeah, having that business plan and going back to it is, is absolutely, you know, very, very important. And I suppose one thing which you, you kind of mentioned was, you, you know, your, your passion for blogging. And I've noticed, you know, you're on your site, you might maybe pop out maybe two to three, you know, quality blogs per month. But I suppose with the social media blogs, obviously kind of directing the way your businesses went in a, in a sense. And um, what do you think, you know, made those you know more more popular blogs so compelling i mean what was the content in it that really resonated do you think and that was getting people back to your site again and again well i think partially it was because you know i i, I said early on when i was talking to to entrepreneurs that that you know marketing scared them well social media just like particularly for the baby boomer entrepreneurs social media is just terrifying and yet it's you know it's in the news it's everybody's talking about it, everybody knows they should be doing it, but nobody knows what to do. So partially it was timely, uh, partially it was, you know, the fact that I was so passionate about it, and I think that come, came through in my writing. Uh, the other part of it is, you know, in my mission statement about, you know, inspire and teach, and I try to do that in my posts so that there's something useful that people can take away from it. It's not just you know, me ranting my opinion, but there's actually some, you know, nugget of useful information or some kind of action that people can take so that it's, you know, it's not just for entertainment. This is actually a value to people. And I, and that's, you know, what people tell me is, you know, they really appreciate getting this information so they don't have to go and learn it all. They can just sort of see what I've had to say and go, okay, I'm going to do that now. Well, that's, that's really interesting. Yeah, no, I really... Sorry, Paul, I'm cutting across Sorry, ahead, I've, I've been doing it all day. Um, I mean, in terms of obviously, I find that really interesting because you understand that your audience are coming to you. They, there's a need that needs to be fulfilled in terms of learning, whether it's and you obviously in your instance it might be about social media or you know if it was a past life, it was copywriting. Um, I mean, when you're creating your content for your audience to kind of talk talk them through and walk them through, a really hand holding exercise of what you're trying to teach. 
do you have a formula in terms of how you might lay out your content um i mean we, we've had examples of kind of like even if giving a presentation it's you know tell them what you're going to tell them tell them what you told them and they you know tell them what you're going to tell them at the end again do you have a set format that you like to use will you will you start with a headline in mind and then work in kind of um a learning a learning piece in your intro and then move on to the kind of the nuances of it or how do you like to do that well, I definitely, headline is the last thing that I do because I find that the hardest thing to write. And so I always wait till I'm done to write the headline. Uh, but I have a kind of, I don't think I have any set uh, style because sometimes I'll do a, you know, top 10 things or sometimes it's a how do or sometimes I'm comparing this or that. But what I, what I try to do is I actually keep a whiteboard by my computer. And whenever I come up with a, a topic idea that I think, is going to resonate. I just write it down and so I have this list there or if I'm out at a networking event and I you know hear what questions people are asking me about social media or what people are saying on on my social networks what they're asking about so that I, I have an idea of what people need to know plus I'm always doing reading and, and listening to podcasts to, to hear what other people are doing because there's you know social media is changing all the time so I'm trying you know it's uh, you know, what people are asking me about as well as, you know, kind of the shiny new object that people might need to know about or yeah. maybe even just tell them, you know what, you don't need to be here, which is another thing that that uh, people appreciate being told that, you know, don't do that. It's not worth it for you. Yeah, I mean, that's again, I mean, one of the big things that people find and I know even in the early days when I started out and it's the plan was always, well, I have to write, I have to blog, I I today is Tuesday so I've told my audience that every Tuesday there's going to be a fresh piece of content or whatever it might be along those lines and the object becomes to write a piece of content it's not to write a content about a piece of content about x or y so when you sit down to write it becomes a lot more harder to churn out the content because you're literally starting with okay first you need to decide what am I going to write how is it going to run? Have I done enough research? Can I speak well and, and, and teach something on this topic? Whereas I like the fact that you're going to your audience. You know it's what they're looking to find out about. So straight away, you're on a winner. You know what you want to create. And you know that there's a very good chance that once you create that piece of content that your audience are looking for, they're going to consume it. And they're going to hopefully like it, obviously, if it's, if it's, if it's done right. Um, but it, it, it kind of will endear them to you given the fact that it's almost like you're reading their mind that you can go well I was just wondering about that and all of a sudden you've just given me the answer I love it <laughs> well and the, the other trick that I found really helpful is if I know that Tuesday's the day I'm going to write a blog post Monday night to decide what the topic is going to be and just I don't know let it mull around in my subconscious so Tuesday morning when I get up it kind of just trips off my fingers on the keyboard rather than having to you know make that decision and do the research if I can have all those pieces in place so that when I go to write I'm just writing it goes so much faster yeah I love that again that's writing time is writing time it's not um it's not brainstorming time it's not uh, reading or research time it's writing time all that should be done in advance the other thing that I've done, um, I kind of let it go for a while, but earlier this summer I dislocated my shoulder and I was kind of one-handed and I've been Ouch. using um, I have to dragon... ask. The curiosity is going to kill me. How? Come on, tell us. What did you do? <laughs> oh, it's it's too embarrassing. Um, well, okay. so there's only me, you and Paul here. We won't tell anybody. <laughs> All right. 
Well, the original story is when I was 19, I fell. I was running up the escalator in the subway in Toronto, and I fell and dislocated my shoulder. It popped out, popped back in. Over the past 30 years, it is dislocated several times. This time, I was getting dressed, and that's all I was doing. It popped out. <laughs> okay. It was very embarrassing. But anyway, and this, and this one, it was the worst one. I couldn't get it back in. I had, they had to call an ambulance. I was like, it was really sad. <laughs> but the long story was, is I was, I was in a sling and I couldn't use my, my one hand. So typing was almost impossible. So I went back to using Dragon Naturally Speaking to oh, yeah, yeah. write. And actually, a lot of the times when I'm using Dragon to dictate my articles, I actually um, find I'm often about 50% faster than if I type. And I'm a fairly fast typist, but it it just goes faster. So for people who find writing a chore, something like that can be a useful way to speed up the process. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that as well. It's it's a it's a nice tool, Dragon. And I suppose it's something which a few years ago, which I wouldn't have used quite a lot. And I think what's what's even now more interesting is even if you maybe just have uh, say an iPhone or an iPad or something like that, some of the dictation software within that is is fairly accurate as well. Maybe hitting eighty to ninety percent, I suppose, accents allowing and all of that stuff. Uh, but it is a, it is nice, and sometimes it can be a little bit refreshing rather than typing to actually you know dictate and then come along and maybe edit it a little bit later um i suppose i mean obviously with the, the content that we create and i suppose trying to, to get new clients from social media i've noticed you're, you're very active on on pinterest but what mistakes do you think people are are doing with social media at the moment is there anything that you see people doing you're saying no you shouldn't be doing that or you know this is a much better way to actually use social media for business uh, well, I mean, the first mistake I think pe I see people make is they just kind of jump in and start doing stuff, but they don't have an end game in mind. They have no idea what they're supposed to achieve. So, you know, they'll say, I made 10 posts on Twitter today, therefore I've been marketing yeah. on social media. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> you have to figure out what you know, what's the step going to be? Because very few people are going to make a sale from Twitter. You're not going to make a tweet and then somebody's going to buy something. So you have to figure out what is the steps from this tweet to, you know, and, and you know, for most people, the first goal should be get them onto your website, whether it's a blog, whether, you know, whether it's a squeeze page where for your lead magnet, whether it's a sales page for a product, whatever, you got to get them to your website. And um, then, you know, get them on your email list so that you can market to them. So that, yeah. that's the, so that's the biggest mistake is just diving in without having thought about the process of how people are going to go. a lot of updates out there and yeah, exactly. Not thinking of the journey. And I think that that's really key because at the end of the day, if, if you don't have, you know, as, as you say there, you know, the end game in mind and absolutely crucial, you know, it's nearly a, a what is the point? You know, why are you doing this as such? You know, and I suppose it's the case, not every tweet or not every update needs to be, you know, bringing somebody straight back to your website. And I noticed, I suppose, from, from your Facebook page as well, that you'll, you'll share other people's content, which uh, I guess you find very relevant and worthwhile to your audience. So I think that also helps bring a bit of integrity when you're, you know, it isn't just all about me or my website. It's it's about other what other sites are doing and, and I suppose other 
pieces of information that are quite valuable. Um, as regards, I suppose Pinterest would that be would that be a social media platform that you'd use a lot, or you know how how would you rate that compared to some of the other ones? Uh, well, when I first heard of Pinterest, I got on Pinterest back when you still had to get an invite because you know I'm a social media person. I had to try it out, and yeah, I first got I got, on, I got one I, of those invites, and I did nothing with it. Well, I got on and I started playing around with it and I, I thought right away, I thought, oh, I totally get why people are so addictive to it because it's kind of fun. You know, you go around, look at pictures and you put them on pin boards. Yep. You know, I'm a little bit OCD, so it's kind of nice to organize things the way I want them organized. But I thought, I don't really see a business case for it. And then I came across uh, a blog post uh, by a woman, Joan Stewart. She's the publicity hound. And she talked about how she had a, a board on Pinterest that and it was something about free publicity tips or something related to that. And she just did and so did little tip pins. So they weren't even particularly attractive pins. They were just kind of her, her branded colors with yeah. tip number publicity tip number one. And she said she was getting huge traffic to her her blog as a result of that pin board. So I experimented with that. Uh, for two weeks, I did. I created a LinkedIn board, LinkedIn tips, and I did like I think like maybe one pin a day or every other day. And within two weeks, Pinterest had become the number one source of traffic to my blog, and I was just like, "Holy cow!" Wow, no that is some jump in two weeks. Wow. Yeah. So no, I mean, it is something that takes some effort, and and you know you have to be you create the graphics you have to come up with the content so i'm not probably as consistent with pinterest as i could be but it certainly can be a really good source of traffic to your website and you don't have to have a visual product in order to benefit because you know free pr tips or how you know linkedin tips there's nothing inherently beautiful about the, the yes, images yeah. that come to mind. So it doesn't have to be difficult. Now, of course, if you have a product that's something visual, then I mean, Pinterest is absolutely perfect for that. But it's not, you know, it's not the you know, end-all, be-all of whether mm. you're deciding to, to use Pinterest. And I mean, just in terms of that, I mean, when it came to creating that content for, for Pinterest, um, how did you do it? What did you do? I, I mean, obviously, people are going to be saying, well, I don't have a visual product, so what do I do? Or how, how did you go about doing it? I mean, in terms of... Well, so, that, so that first board that I did, the LinkedIn tips, I just sat down, I did a piece of paper, and I wrote down, like, I think I came up with 20 tips for LinkedIn. Then I typed them up onto my in my Google Docs, and then I just created a little template out of Photoshop that was, you know, LinkedIn tip number one. And then I had it was uh, orange with white and then I just had this is the tip <laughs> you know and I wrote it out and then in the description I wrote maybe a slightly longer version of the tip on Pinterest and then I had a link back to my blog I love that it's so simple but yet you can yeah, be I'd, pretty sure absolutely. that people people are looking at that and go oh well, I, I don't really do graphics and I can't really create that kind of and what do you do I'm not really sure and it's, I love I love how simple it is and how effective it became. People seem to think that in order to drive traffic and create great, valuable content, it has to take you hours to do. And I mean, obviously, it might take you a little bit longer starting off to create a template at first and, and come up with some ideas that you want to type out to go into your pin board. But I mean, once after a week or two, you've seen that's become your one of your biggest traffic source, sources to your blog. 
and it's going to get quicker and quicker as you go along and i mean i'm sure if you really wanted it you could outsource that for five or ten dollars to get someone else you can just send them an email going i want 20 cards done up this is what each one has to say and off it goes and you get them back done and dusted and you just publish them to pinterest and i just love how simple it is i mean even when you were saying to me you were using uh, photoshop i'm not a big fan of photoshop but what i actually use is a uh, keynote for mac so I will literally go and create a slide for the color scheme or whatever I want, type up the text, move the box as I please. I can drop an image from anywhere onto that page and then just take a little screenshot of it and resize it to the right size I want. And off it goes. And I didn't have to learn how to use Photoshop because I know a lot of people are scared of oh, Photoshop is complicated and it can be when you're trying to do some complex things. But everyone pretty much knows how to use PowerPoint or Keynote. And it's that simple to create such effective content and start driving traffic almost immediately i love it brilliant absolutely well and the other nice thing is once you've created these these tip pins for your pinterest there's no reason you can't share those images on facebook on twitter on uh, linkedin wherever else you are i ah, see now i'm going to love here. it because you've hit on one of my my that's key a, my key things <laughs> i'm a big believer that if you create content once for one platform there is very little that you cannot repurpose to make fit for another platform therefore trebling or you know quadrupling the amount of output you can get from one piece of content so that for me that's a that's a, and again it's a big one for me if i if, if there's something created how can we put this out in another format and uh, it, it looks like you're pretty much everywhere and anywhere and i love that again we're gonna get on really well well, and you know, everybody is so busy, and if you're going to do spend time creating some marketing content, you've got to be able to get the most, you know, squeeze the most value out of that content as you can. So use it everywhere. Uh, you know, now sometimes what I'll do with if I've got a pin for Pinterest, I might have a slightly different image that I use for Facebook because Facebook horizontal images tend to do better than the vertical which mm -hmm. is pinterest but it's the same basic image i've just changed the size a little bit like it's, but oftentimes i will i might just share the exact same thing across across everything so simple. That's so yeah effective. that's it and well what's great about that is if you just you, if you have the dimensions you, you kind of roughly know what you're, you're looking at that's it makes it even easier again maybe a little bit less editing so i really like that that's uh, absolutely going to be in the show notes for certain um Another, I suppose, another you know, social media platform that I see a lot of people are on, but I'm not convinced a lot of people kind of use it in the right way is LinkedIn. Um, so, I mean, what would you have? What advice would you have for maybe? Because a lot of people out there maybe have a LinkedIn profile. They, you know, they have a bit of information. Maybe it's not totally updated. They've probably accepted everybody on the face of the earth as a connection. Um, what, what would, what way do you think people should tackle that platform? Well, LinkedIn is probably my favorite social network and has been almost, uh, almost from day one. But so many people struggle with it because it's not always so obvious how to, to use it. And so there's a, yeah. there's a number of things that people use LinkedIn for. So whether, and it's not just about marketing. So for example, a number of years ago, I was looking for a piece of software for my business and I done my research and I came, I narrowed it down to two and I couldn't decide between them. So I put it out to my LinkedIn network. I said, I've A and B, does anybody have any experience with this? Please let me know what you think. And within 24 hours, I had received about a dozen really detailed, lengthy, thoughtful 
opinions about these two pieces of software. I mean, people took a lot of time to give me this information of what they thought about it. And the interesting thing was I got a, an additional comment from somebody about a third piece of software that I had never heard of, didn't come up in my research, that was significantly less expensive than the other options and actually works better for what I needed and, ended, and ultimately ended up being the piece that I purchased. And so it saved me probably hundreds of dollars over the years. Free money. My LinkedIn network. Yes. And, I love and free it, money. It works better for me. And it works better for me as well. So, so sometimes even just asking your network, because I've found people on LinkedIn are incredibly generous with their time, with their knowledge, uh, and with their advice. So, you know, if you've got LinkedIn net, uh, connections, ask them. That, that is a, you know, a great way to use your LinkedIn network. Yeah. Uh, and another thing that not enough people do is actually get on the phone and talk to some of your LinkedIn connections. One of the biggest things that I think a lot of people who are attracted to social media are introverts and think, oh, good, if I'm on social media, I never have to speak to another human being again. I know, I always, I know loads of people like that. <laughs> and I always say, if you're doing social media right, you're going to speak to more people, and they're, they're going to be people that you would not have met otherwise. And LinkedIn is a great way to do that. But it shouldn't be, you know, trying to book appointment with somebody and then have it be a sales pitch. Uh, and one of the best ways I've found is to just is send a message to one of your connections that you want to touch base with and say, hey, I want to get to know a little bit more about you. Let's have a virtual cup of coffee. And, and that phrase, have a virtual cup of coffee, seems to, you know, kind of lower people's barriers. It lets them know you're not. This isn't a sales pitch. You're just trying to get to know them. And then, of course, you have to honor that. And actually, it's a conversation, just a getting to know you conversation. But whenever I have done that, it is always turned, this person has turned from kind of a casual connection. They know who I am. They know what I do. But that's about it. To somebody who is really valuable, whether it's, you know, somebody who will always promote something of mine when I have something new, who will always you know, an answer a question I have if I put it out there or who will make a connection for me or whatever it is. It's taking the time to just talk on the phone and it doesn't even have to be that often. There's people I only talk yeah. to every three or four years, but because I've taken that time, they are now a strong part of my network and when I need them, they will be there. They're there. I, I really like that. There's a lot of stuff there that you mentioned in a very short space of time I think is incredibly relevant. Um, the virtual cup of coffee, I like it, lowers the barriers and lets people know that you're, you're just there to have a chat because let's face it, there is nothing worse when somebody is, you know, on the other end of the phone or, or whatever it is trying to, you know, talk but not really talk to you. Actually, they're trying to pitch or sell you or whatever. So and I also find uh, we've been to so many of these networking events when you know, people introduce themselves, they, they kind of pitch or, you know, explain what they're there for, really. And once they, they sometimes realize that, oh, oh, I'm not going to sell to you today or I'm not going to provide my service to you today, it's kind of, oh, let's swap business cards and people go in separate directions. With Whereas what you're really I suppose, focusing on there is, you know, real networking. And, and for me, networking is making a connection with somebody 
um, and treating them like you would treat every other person, you know, getting to know them, regardless of whether you think there's going to be kind of short-term or even long-term gain, is about making a genuine connection. I think that's what really, you know, stands uh, and kind of stands out. And it's the difference between, you know, good and, and bad networking, be it online or offline. Um, and I suppose another thing that I've seen become more of a trend in LinkedIn is um, being able to kind of show how, you know, you've wore the shoes of the people who you're, you're connected to or you've, you know, you've, you've been in similar positions, you've done similar work as them and maybe turn more away from being a kind of, you know, a bit of a cheesy sales type environment to a kind of, look, this is me, this is, this is what I do. And since I find that some people kind of do identify with that, they realize, oh, okay, well, there's some of the challenges and that's some stuff that, that I've done before, which is, is quite relevant as well. Um, around um, LinkedIn, Obviously, would would you would you advocate people blogging on on the LinkedIn platform? Do you do you think that makes much of a, a difference to um, to their profile, or is is do you think this is more maybe a fad that will possibly come and go? I think the the blogging, the you know, publishing articles on LinkedIn is the powerhouse of LinkedIn. It is incredible the results you get from doing that. Uh, and one of the things that I've done is I've just taken old blog posts of mine from my blog and maybe, you know, updated them a little bit. In some cases, just publishing them completely as is on LinkedIn. And it's the LinkedIn posts that are actually showing up higher in Google than the posts from my blog. So, so you're getting uh, – and I'm looking at wow. the stats on my posts. And not just for mine, um, some of my clients as well, I've, I've had them do this. And 75% of the people who are viewing the posts that I publish on LinkedIn are coming from Google, not from within LinkedIn. So it's not just my personal LinkedIn network that are reading me. It's people who are searching for what I have to offer. LinkedIn are are throwing you some nice SEO juice. Absolutely. Um, You know, and... What's really nice is I'm, I'm getting people who, you know, they read my articles. I usually either link to a, another article that's related or link back to my blog or some, some cases both. So I'm having people contact me who've read my article. They've usually read a couple. I also have some videos on my profile. And they're contacting me not about, you know, do you want to pitch? It's kind of more like, Andrea, how can I hire you? <laughs> and those are the best sales conversations to have when somebody's already made the decision Uh, because I'm not you know I'm not a really I don't think of myself as a salesperson so when somebody's already made the decision to buy that is like amazing and yeah yeah so people who I mean if you have any kind of content that helps showcase you as an expert absolutely be publishing it on LinkedIn it is the most powerful tool on LinkedIn right now. It is the best change LinkedIn has made in the entire their entire history is to allow people to publish there. Sounds, it sounds to me like we could talk about, oh, drop my pen. Sounds to me like we can talk about LinkedIn, I think for another hour or two. Um, but I heard a little birdie tell me that you're going to be running a LinkedIn uh, webinar shortly. Yes, I am I'm working on putting together a LinkedIn webinar uh, talking about ways that entrepreneurs can use LinkedIn to grow their business. And uh, once I have all the details ready, I promise to send it to you and you can uh, let people know. Or people can visit me at thebabyboomerentrepreneur.com and sign up for my lead magnet and I'll 
give them a notification when it's ready to go. I think that's the best option. So get yourselves over to the babyboomerentrepreneur.com. Easy for you to say. And uh, sign up there for uh, Andrea's email list and she'll give you a notification when that LinkedIn course is ready for you to get a good look at and get it in-depth. And certainly, judging by the, 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 the little scrapings of the conversation we've had, had around it, there's going to be plenty for people to learn from that. I suppose, really, Andrea, we're getting towards the end of the show. So we always like to ask everyone who's on... Um, We've already spoken maybe about the uh, Dragon naturally speaking, but would there be any other piece of software that uh, you would kind of religiously use to help you kind of create content um, that you, you think everyone should be using? Something like maybe a Scrivener or, or Evernote, or obviously in your case, you kind of had said the, the Dragon naturally speaking, but is there anything else maybe that you think people should have a good look at? Um, I guess sort of two things that I kind of use. In t I use um, Feedly to track all the various blogs that I've, I follow so that I can keep up to date with, you know, sort of what's new and exciting and, and online. And then the other tool I've been using a lot, um, I was using Evernote for a while, but I've switched to Google Keep, which is kind of, the, you know, basically the same kind of tool as Feedly, but it's a little more streamlined because I was getting a little too complicated with Evernote and I found it was it was just I find I find Google Keep is much simpler. I can put a, a tag on everything that I post there. So I use it for if I come across something that I think I want to use maybe for an article later or maybe it's a tool, something that I want to try out myself or a strategy, I'll put it in there. Uh, what's really nice about it is I can put a reminder so I can say, okay, I'm in, I don't have time right now. Maybe in two weeks I'll come back and look at it. Um, I've also, I also use it for um, to-do lists, brainstorming. Um, I even use it for my grocery list. So. <laughs> Listen, if it works, it works. Uh, I, if I, you're like me. If I find something that I like that works, I'll use it for as much as I can. Uh, sometimes because I just don't want to have to learn how to use something else, uh, but mostly because I need to, you know, I can rely on it. So I like that. So we Feedly and Google Keep certainly ones that if you're not familiar with, you should check out. I do have Feedly myself, and I do use the Keep an Eye on. Uh, it's, I gotta be honest, it's mostly sports stuff, but uh, it's there. It's there nonetheless. So I don't. I'm not out of the loop when it comes to the old fantasy football. Um. Andrea, what can I say? There's been so much in that. Again, it's going to be another show notes. It's going to be jam-packed full of value. Um, and before we leave, just tell everyone if they wanted to drop you a line or send you a tweet, where can they get you? Uh, well, on Twitter, I'm at Andrea Stenberg. Uh, on Facebook, you can find me uh, facebook.com slash thebabyboomerentrepreneur.com. Uh, on LinkedIn, it's linkedin.com slash IN slash Andrea Stenberg. And of course, my main home on the web is thebabyboomerentrepreneur.com. Beautiful stuff. Andrea, once again, thank you very much for taking the time out of your busy day to speak to us and our wonderful audience. And we'll uh, catch up with you again soon. Well, thanks for having me and giving me a chance to talk about my favorite subject. You're more than welcome. Have a great day. You too. And that was Andrea Stenberg. So again, you can find her andreastenberg.com. Um, absolutely great podcast. There was so much actionable information in there. Again, I'm blown away. So some of the stuff that resonated with me was, you know, we always hear, you know, 
the money's in the list as such, you know, and I suppose as Andreas says towards the start there, Phil, if I could go back 10 years, I would whisper in my ear, start the email list now. And again, I think that's something which a lot of people overlook. And the other thing that also actually uh, resonated too was the fact that she's went through a lot of lead magnets. It's taken her a while to find one that works for her and her audience, uh, but she stuck with it and didn't just, you know, park that idea. So again, I think if you're if you're doing business online, that's absolutely critical. Yeah, I mean, the fact that she, I suppose it's admirable, admirable in the fact that she was able to realize that the lead magnets she had weren't working, weren't converting properly and weren't really doing her justice and was able to monitor that, track it and test it and ultimately change it around till she found something that worked. Quite often we'll see that people will set up lead magnets, they'll have them sitting there and they won't get a great uh, amount of conversion rate out of it. I think, okay, I just need to run more traffic. Traffic may not necessarily be the problem. It could be the actual lead magnet in itself. So I really like the fact that she was able to pinpoint that and move with it and change and pivot. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there, there were so many other things we're talking about, but one that just, just came at me is, you know, is Pinterest. So for me, social, I suppose, social uh, networking and uh, all social media, it's, it is entertaining. I do it for fun. Um, for business, I've been doing it on LinkedIn for a number of years, and obviously with our other websites, we had Facebook and, and Twitter was pretty much the leader for us in our in our football days, yeah, and we were doing yeah. all that stuff. Um, but Pinterest really is something that I've kind of just toyed around with. I've made a few boards, and I haven't really gotten into that. But the, you know, the actionable information she gives. So, I mean, for one, she you know she references the fact that Joan Stewart has had had a lot of success with it and then she went and tried it and basically you know between i suppose info that you were sharing around keynote and whatever it is first thing is the images don't have to be great looking and you don't have to use a complicated piece of software to make them no um, i mean even, but, even canva does the job for you these days yeah yeah absolutely um but what it comes down to it is you know six tips to you know improve how you to improve your linkedin marketing for example or you know maybe that's not the best example but at the same time if people think they're going to get something out of it, they do collect those pins and probably the thing which resonated even more was the fact that once she had created this she simply resized it to fit the other social media so whether it's that square on instagram or you know thrown it on facebook twitter and across the board and, and again I mean, as you say so often, Phil, we're all about repurposing your content and discovering a new platform that maybe isn't too, um, you know, overutilized at the moment in Pinterest and then also repurposing onto all of the other places. That is quite a nice thing to start exposing for your content. Yeah, well, I mean, if you look at it from a logical point of view, Paul, I mean, we, we've spoke about this both on the show and, and away from the show in our own time. You know, you're creating images for your blog content, for your articles, you're putting stuff on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Nine times out of ten, you're going to have an image that's going to go with them anyway. So, I mean, there isn't a whole lot of extra work by putting that up into Pinterest. Now, of course, Andrea does, of course, make her own images where she lists out those six tips or five tips or yes, whatever yes, it might be. So there is a little bit more work. But, I mean, if you just wanted to get to grips with Pinterest and start using it to see is it something you can integrate into your systems, well, then just using your blog images and stuff like that could work very, very well without any extra effort because you've already created them for other platforms. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, again... From my experience, people who use Pinterest generally tend to be those who are quite well organized um, and are, are a little bit more focused. So, for example, you know, any friends who I've seen use Pinterest actively, and I suppose women use it a lot when they're getting ready for, for weddings because there's some fantastic ideas on there and they've got mm. some great boards. So typically, 
you're reaching people who have an agenda and somebody with an agenda is more likely to become uh, a possible customer if your service meets what they're looking for. You know, for example, a lot of my stuff is, is, is based around online marketing, content creation, all, all that sort of stuff. So everything that I'm very interested in or technology, you know, and I suppose uh, and some other aspects and I won't get into here because I don't want to go on too much. You'll never get me to <laughs> shut up. But at the same time, I do have a lot of a lot of technology Pinterest boards, which, again, would bring you down the line of actually making a purchase of something which is useful. So I like that. That's interesting. And that's that's something I'm going to take away from this podcast yeah, and, and I'm, uh, to implement. Yeah, I mean, and I'm finally, I mean, of course, there was there was uh, the mission statement. I mean, that was a big thing that I think we, we spoke spoke at length about about being able to refer back to that. And I mean, obviously, when we spoke to Andrew, she was saying about that she kind of wasn't a marketer as such. And she went back and had a look at her mission statement. And her mission statement said was to serve her audience. And, you know, when she realized that, well, actually, in serving my audience, I can I can show them, you know, about copywriting and stuff like that. It completely changed her perspective. But had she not had that there, she would have pigeonholed herself into that box she put herself in. And I think yeah. it's, just, it's just worth bearing in mind and having some form of a mission statement. We're not necessarily talking about a business plan, but even a mission statement, which you can scribble on the back of a napkin. I don't care where you do it, but have it in plain sight that when you find those moments where you're a little bit stuck, you have something to refer back to that you can give you that boost and get you to move forward yeah absolutely um well i mean i'm in danger of repeating and regurgitating this whole podcast so even though i want to talk about networking which i think is incredibly important and a whole lot of other topics and the virtual cup of coffee the virtual coffee i like that i like that yeah that's probably good um i'm gonna leave it there and i would like to thank everybody for listening in again yeah we'll uh, see you again soon